welcome to the Empowering Agency Workers, a podcast for all temporary workers. If you're unsure of your rights, unsure how to find work, or just plain unsure, we're here to help. It's all too easy to be exploited, so your expert host, Julia Kermode, will empower you to succeed. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Today I'm talking to you all about umbrella preferred supplier lists. Um, So if you work through a recruitment agency, they may ask you to choose an umbrella um, from their preferred supplier list. So exactly what it says on the tin. Um, Today's podcast is slightly unusual for two reasons. So the first reason is it's a solo um, episode with just me. So I haven't done a solo for a little while. um, And this is a subject... um, which I want to talk to you about um, just by myself because I've got a few things I want to say. Um, so it's simple as that. And the other reason why it's slightly unusual is that I'm recording it on video as well. So anyone who wants to see me um, and and kind of join the video, then there'll be a link to it on YouTube. So if you're watching, hi. And um, obviously, um, if you're listening, hello to you as well. Um, and for listeners, I just waved at everyone, which is ridiculous when you're on a podcast and it's it's audio only but anyway so let's crack on preferred supplier lists why do I want to talk to you about them well um preferred supplier lists of umbrella companies have been around for a long time um and they were originally um brought in to to safeguard you the workers um and they were um, based on um, recruitment agencies would research who which companies um, were compliant and meeting their standards and those would go on their preferred supplier list and then you the worker would um, would choose whichever one you prefer from that preferred supplier list um, and you know simple as that now I actually want to share with you my thoughts around why the whole thing on preferred supply list has become so rotten that I think we need to abolish them entirely. And the reason why that is a controversial view is because it could potentially put you, the worker, at risk of choosing a an umbrella that doesn't operate in your best interest. Now, my counter argument to that is that I think some preferred supplier lists are not actually in your best interest. And, you know, my my organisation, iWork, is all about putting you, independent workers, so that's what the I stands for in iWork, um, at the heart of everything because there's, you know, not enough is being done to support your perspective. And so that's what, that's where I'm coming from in this. So, What are the problems with preferred supplier lists? Um, Now, there are often financial incentives that go on behind the scenes. Now, there are really two types of financial incentives and one I don't have too much of a problem with and the other I have a massive problem and that's, that's the start of the rot in my opinion. So, the first type of financial incentive is a business-to-business arrangement, whereby if an umbrella um, gets a certain volume of referrals, um, then maybe they will um, agree some sort of commission structure back to the agency, and the umbrella pays the agency, and you know that that's kind of a reward for for kind of 
that business um, that is generated. And that so simple commercial arrangement happens in lots and lots of different industries. Um, and, it, you know, it, those transactions will appear in the business accounts, both the umbrellas and the agencies. And there's nothing massively wrong with that, apart from, um, I guess, when umbrellas will, some umbrellas will pay the agency more. So therefore, the agency is more likely to refer to that umbrella that's paying more. And this is where it starts to go wrong. Um, basically, what what we have what we have seen, or rather what I have seen in the last few years in the industry, because I've been in this industry about 10 years now. Um, and what I've seen in recent years is increasing um, astronomical increases in the financial incentives going on Um, and there is a huge increase in um, non-business to business um, incentives. So a, a recruitment agency may have a preferred supplier list and the Generally, the recruitment consultants for that agency will make referrals um, and and put their worker in touch with the preferred supplier list to make their choices from. Now, what's happening sometimes and is on the increase is that individual recruitment consultant may be in receipt of financial incentives or maybe not even financial incentives, maybe other incentives, gifts in kind, cash, um, which obviously is financial, so that's silly. But anyway, the sky is the limit, really, with some of the stuff that's go- that goes on. And I- I'm actually not going to tell you some of the stuff that I know that goes on because it is um, really bad. Um, so you'll just have to take my word for it. So yeah, And the levels of incentives that do go on, of course, the companies that can afford to pay the highest or spend the most on lavish gifts, um, whatever it might be, are the ones that are not paying the tax appropriately or are skimming money from the workers um, on their books um, because they that's how they can afford those bribes. And I am using the word bribe um, because, in my opinion, um that is that is the case um in some instances so what we are now seeing are preferred supplier lists that either are not being stuck to um or are simply there for wrong reasons um so it might be commercial reasons at the umbrella kind of headquarters level or it might be that that they're not being adhered to because the recruitment consultant has a different incentive to refer to different umbrellas not on the PSL Now, why is this a problem? Well, if you've listened to other podcasts of mine, um, you will know that there are varying levels of practice within the umbrella industry, the same as any industry, actually. But um, the reason why it's an issue for the umbrella industry, in my opinion, is because it affects you, the worker. They employ you. So, or rather a good umbrella will employ you. So it's your employment that is being messed around with potentially with dubious umbrellas. And you may find that you um, are not receiving all of your statutory rights, things like holiday or pension auto enrollment or whatever. Um, you may find that your tax and national insurance is not being paid to HMRC properly. And in which case, HMRC may very well come after you individually for unpaid tax and national insurance because they their view is it's your 
income, you're responsible for ensuring tax um, is paid appropriately. And if you've had that income, that benefit of income, which is untaxed, you you have you've had had too much money, um, and and the tax is owed on on your account um, to HMRC. So, those are reasons why um why why it's a concern if the agency is referring you to to a less good umbrella and in the worst instances you are at risk of um being caught up in a loan um scheme which is um uh, which puts you at risk of huge, huge future tax bill. Um, the loan charge is a whole other separate conversation. Um, I recommend you listen to some of the other podcasts on that subject for, for more information. But be assured, you do not want to be um, subject to the loan charge because people are receiving financial bills, uh, six-figure financial bills. So... Um, so that is those are the downsides to preferred supplier lists. Um, we are also seeing agencies, some some agencies, blindly saying no to alternatives from their preferred supplier list. So you might have an umbrella that you've worked with with previous agencies. Maybe you've been with them for for months or even years, um, and you may very well want to continue working through them and being paid through them because you've got employment rights that you've accrued there. And you know who wants the hassle of changing anyway? You know. It's like like changing your mobile phone or or your TV um, provider, whatever. I mean, it's just hassles. So you may have a very compliant alternative that meets the same requirements that the agency has in place for their preferred supply list. And some people are just being told, no, we will not consider any alternatives because this is our preferred supply list. Now, I don't agree with that approach. I think that um, if a worker has a suitable alternative that meets the standards of that agency, then that agency should permit people to work with them. Now, some agencies will. Um, Some agencies most definitely will, and they will look at um, your preferred umbrella and and do their due diligence because they have to do due diligence um, on everyone that they work with because otherwise they are at risk of um, something that's called failing to prevent tax evasion. So it's a a, a criminal finances act a piece of legislation essentially that that means that they have to ensure that everyone that they work with meets certain standards otherwise they they have risks and they, there are other financial risks that I won't um go, go into I can't believe I've even gone into that one to be honest um anyway so that is why they need to do due diligence so you have you have no you, you have no argument with that. You can't have any argument with that because that's the agency's right. Now, what we are finding is some agencies will just say no to good alternatives because they don't want to do that due diligence. And I get that. It's work. It's extra hassle. And I totally, totally get that. But I think we've lost our way a little bit along the line because then they're not that therefore means that they're not putting you, the worker, first. And, you know, when as I've already said, it's your employer. And so by not considering viable alternatives, they are forcing you into an employment relationship against your will. And in no other sector does anyone ever force someone into an employment relationship. It's just morally wrong. (laughs) Um, And, you know, maybe I'm being a touch dramatic about it, but that is, that is, 
absolutely what I think. Um, so what I've been saying recently in various kind of social media, and some people haven't liked what I'm saying, which is why I'm doing this podcast, um, is that you need to consider these alternatives. And I know it will cost you in terms of time to do your due diligence, but the worker has to be at the heart of choosing the umbrella and it's wrong not to give that option, especially when there are compliant alternatives out there who maybe are not offering the same level of financial or other incentives that you might be receiving agencies. Well, you know, I I don't care about the commercials because you're already making money out of workers and, you know, if you can't make enough money out of workers through your normal kind of fees, then then you, frankly, you should be changing your fee structure so that you don't need these financial incentives from umbrellas because this is where it's going wrong. Um, and even worse, so I know of um, a, a situation where a worker has successfully got the agency to agree to um, to an alternative umbrella um, and the agency's done their due diligence, fair play to them, they're happy with this alternative umbrella. However, so you'd think, oh, brilliant, sorted. However, what has actually happened, because this umbrella is not on their preferred supply list, what the agency is doing is changing the payment terms. Um, Instead of seven-day payments, they're changing it for this particular umbrella to 45-day payment terms. And I've heard of um, people changing it to 60-day payment terms. And there's no logical reason for that because the umbrella has met their criteria. The agency's confirmed that. So, and the the agency will be paid from the client um, in you know the same way whichever type of umbrella whichever umbrella um, you may may be working through. So why oh why do they think it's okay to change payment terms, which basically means you the worker don't get your money as quickly, um, and that is that is so wrong. And you know it just is a way that the agency is making their preferred supplier list, the companies that are paying handsomely to be on their preferred supplier list, is a way of making them uh, a more uh, positive choice in, you know, for you, a more attractive choice rather, rather than positive. Um, And it is so, so wrong. Um, Some agencies are now charging um, you for changing your umbrella partway through an assignment and fees, you know, in the region of £100, £200, whatever, are, are charging you, the worker, if you want to change umbrella. That makes no sense. And again, this is where it's going wrong because some agencies, in my opinion, are forgetting that they've got two customers here. They're so focused on clients and the commercial side of the business that they're forgetting to look after the worker. And without you, the workers, they haven't got blinking clients to look after anyway. So, so you know, um, yeah, it's the, the some of the behaviours that we're seeing in relation to preferred supply lists are really, really bad. Um, And that's why I think we need to abolish umbrella preferred supplier lists full stop. Um, And I've told the Employment Agency Standards Inspector exactly this um, in relation to um, a recent consultation that they've had because they're looking at the umbrella sector and what can be done to kind of um, 
tidy it up and clean it up and regulate it really so I mentioned on social media that this was my this was my view that preferred supply lists should be abolished and of course (laughs) guess what happened we have um feedback from agencies who are like no 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 we need to keep these preferred supply lists because obviously they're getting money out of them it's commercial commercially very valuable for them and Also feedback from umbrellas who are like, no, 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 we need to keep these preferred supply lists because we're paying handsomely for this. And, you know, we've worked hard to be on the preferred supply list and we don't want to lose that business. And I get that. But still, you, the workers, are missing out. Um, And it's, it's not acceptable. And, you know, arguments for keeping preferred supply lists are also, you know, it's it's just a business um, arrangement um, and, you know, you can't abolish it anyway. I get that too. Um, really, I don't want um, people with their own umbrella that is compliant to not be able to continue working through it. That is basically it. So preferred supply lists um, could stay providing agencies are willing to look at the alternatives that you may have and that you may prefer to work through. And, you know, I would actually still get rid of preferred supply lists entirely. Um, And this brings me back to one of my first points, which was, well, hmm, if we got rid of preferred supply lists, how will we know um, that you, the workers, are choosing decent ones and not just simply going in for all these tax avoidance schemes and I do worry about that as a potential outcome and you know it it could it could it could be a race to the bottom you know with with all these kind of schemes exploiting workers because you wouldn't necessarily know any different and I think to myself well hang on a minute You know, do we really think that you, the contractors, can't make your own decisions about about employers when you're armed with all the facts? So don't forget that now we have key information documents and they are a legal requirement that you have to receive a key information document before you start your assignment. And within that key information document outlines things like... um, how you'll be paid, who buy, your pay rate, what your entitlements are, how you'll get your holiday, etc, etc. So providing those key information documents are accurate and there are bits of legislation to ensure that they are accurate. Um, Then if you're armed with all the facts, why do we as an industry think that you can't make those decisions? Are we saying that you're gullible or are we saying that you're disproportionately greedy and you'll deliberately choose these, you know, tax um, avoidance schemes? And, you know, I've had both those arguments expressed about you, the workers, in relation to this whole PSL conversation I've been having. Um, And I completely disagree with them. There are concerns about the loan charge um, and what went on there, which, which was... Um, a situation where people were misled into these schemes. However, that was before the legal requirement to produce key information documents. So there was no legal requirement for you to be armed with the facts and make an informed decision. There is now. So I can't see any reason why we can't accept your preferred, your, your choice of umbrella assuming it meets the agency's requirements for their due diligence um and you know if it meets it then why why not so as i say that 
is slightly ranty perhaps on my part so apologies for that um i have to balance this and say there are lots of good agencies who do run their preferred supply lists in your best interest so do not do not be um automatically against preferred supply lists as they currently are but just be aware that there's a lot of shenanigans going on behind the scenes that you know I'm I'm concerned about and it's that that is the reason why I'm on this kind of current mission to see or or, or at least open the conversation um as to you know let's consider this let's consider ditching preferred supply lists because it is so rotten in some some cases so as i say there are two two main camps um you guys the workers and contractors i know you support the idea of actually being able to choose your own employer you wouldn't have thought that's too too tricky an ask really the rest of the supply chain there's some resistance from um so i'm working to try and you know get people to have a more informed view because if you have those key information documents and you know the your choice fits the bill in terms of the the requirements um for the agency and it's an informed choice because you've got the key information about the decision you're making then why not um so yeah if you are in a situation where your choice of umbrella will not be considered by your recruitment agency there are a few things that you could think about doing you could make your client aware of the issue because it's entirely possible that they have not um might not even be aware that the agency is using umbrellas which is not in itself a problem um but it's entirely possible that 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 your client may um may be disappointed that the agency is not kind of um engaging with with you or considering your your preferences um and so that would be a course of action open to you um some agencies will force you to agree to their preferred supply list at the point in which you apply for a role and a lot of these applications are done online so you may find you have to tick a box to confirm that you accept um, that um, as part of the application criteria. What I would suggest you do there if you don't accept that because of course at the time of applying you you probably don't know who's on their preferred supply list so how can you tick a box but that's a whole other conversation um but if you don't um accept that then perhaps um put a note through um somewhere on the application to say that or raise it at the shortlisting process when the when the agency um contacts you about going for interview and whatever um maybe raise it raise it at the earliest opportunity basically um and you know see see what they say and it may be that the agency feels so strongly that that they won't um put you forward for a role unless you do agree to their to use their preferred supply list and in which case you've got a decision to make do you how strongly do you feel about that um and you know it may be that you feel that you need to go for with their preferred supply list in order to be put forward for a role and that that's disappointing um but that's a decision for you um the other thing you could look to do is broadly similar and make the same sort of decision you could look to change agency um so it might be that you work in a sector where where there's a lot of 
demand and shortages. Um, so there's a lot of demand for candidates, you know, maybe something like um, the health sector. Um, and in which case, if one agency won't let you have your choice of umbrella, maybe you can still keep doing the same role, but through a different agency. Now, I know this is all a complete pain in the ass, really, for, <laughs> for, for kind of you. It just depends how strongly you feel about this stuff and how far you want to go. But as I say, there are a few things there that you could look at doing in order to get your choice through. So... That's it really. Um, I've actually found that I've spoken for longer than I thought on this subject so it just shows it's a good job I didn't have an interview with with someone lined up to talk about it because they wouldn't have got a word in edgeways. Um, What I'm really keen to do actually is get your thoughts. Um, So you know please feel free to ask me a question um, either about preferred supplier lists or anything like that Um, and I will answer it on on a future podcast. Now I've got this um, this way that you can just really easily leave a message for me online, um, a voice message for me online, so then I can then play in your question into a future podcast and you can feature in it. And so it's really, really easy. If you go to www. I can't believe I said all those W's, I'm showing my age. I'm sure we don't do that anymore. But anyway, if you go to speakpipe.com slash iWork... And there you can leave me um, a voice message um, on uh, either on this podcast or about anything at all. I would absolutely love to hear from you um, and, you know, get get some interaction going with the audience. So that would be fantastic if you um, felt minded to do that. And I'll put a link to that in the notes that go with this podcast. Um, But for now, thank you so much for listening and for joining me. And if you're watching me, it's really good to, to, to see you. And yeah, I will be talking to you again soon. So thanks ever so much. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Empowering Agency Workers, hosted by Julia Kermode. For more information on today's discussion, please visit iwork.co.uk, where you can also join our growing community. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, then we would love you to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week.